The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The third largest piece of legislation in the history of the state is to be brought before Cabinet shortly as part of an overhaul of the Irish planning system. But are we actually missing a golden opportunity to introduce a more simple, rules-based planning system? Now, we're joined in studio by uh, Conor Skeen, who's a lecturer in DIT's School of Spatial Planning uh, and Transport Engineering, a fellow of DIT's Future Academy, and of course, a Sunday independent columnist and a contrarian, some would say. Conor, good morning and welcome. How do I follow that, Pat? Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Now, uh, I've been banging on about a rules-based system where, uh, you know, at the moment, uh, Mrs. Murphy, who wants to do an extension in her back garden, there are rules and they're very simple. She can't overlook her neighbours. She can't go above a certain height. She can't go above a certain size. But otherwise, if she wants to cover it in grass or slate, off she goes. And she's within the rules to so do. Why can we not make the design of housing estates, apartment blocks, even office blocks, more rules-based, so you know where you stand. Well, I think you've hit a very important nail on the head, um, which is that the proposed uh, new planning uh, regulations don't, they, they have missed so many opportunities to simplify the system so things can go through more quickly and with greater certainty. Uh, there was an opportunity there to significantly increase exemptions, which is really what's covered there. And uh, you could deal with that by, for instance, having a standard set of layouts. They're kind of a book. You say I'm doing number 123 and that's pre-approved for everything from fire and and environmental uh, perspectives all the way through to uh, the standards of health. The other thing you could do with something like that is have a requirement that your three or four nearest neighbours sign a letter, say that they don't have a problem with it. That all goes in. In other words, people with skin in the game Absolutely. sign it and say, Absolutely. we've no problem. But we, exactly. instead of having someone in Kilchie Mark writing in That's that right. something in Renola is, uh, yeah. you know, and, they object And to because it. that, if, for instance, if that happened, every potential developer of their of their own house has a, has a vested interest in making sure that they get on with and accommodate their neighbours, which is a good thing to be doing. So people are talking So, so about you it. then, the developer comes to the people who will be affected by the development and says, listen, this is what we're thinking of. Mm-hmm. And the neighbours will say, well, no, that's not acceptable. That's right. Well, okay, let's talk about what would be acceptable here. Yep. And you reach a consensus, the neighbours all sign off, goes into the council and it's approved. That's it, exactly. Very and, simple. And as a default, if you can't get agreement or if you feel somebody's being a thug, you just go for a conventional planning application. Or if you get people who are saying, give us the money that, and we'll exactly, sign the document. Exactly. So you have to have an out for bullies or nasty people. But anyway, so that's an example of exemption. And I think that the bill itself uh, is as large as it is because it's spending way too much time trying to... Uh, fix what's essentially a a leaky vessel. And uh, there were tons of opportunities missed. So rules-based system is one. Uh, The attempts to kill the hope value on land is a huge missed opportunity. The idea that uh, somebody buys a plot of land because the zoning says you're going to be able to get, say, 25 units on it. The developer comes in, they apply for 100. Uh, They might might get it whittled down with onboard Panala to 50. They're still winning. They're still winning. They're getting double like what, the, uh, what the, the, the sale price to them expected. Exactly. And, and the, what that creates is a thing that's called hope value. So hope value is the single biggest contributor towards the ever-increasing cost of development land. Mm. If we could extinguish hope value, we would have dramatic impacts yeah. in a relatively short time in the price of housing. Now, the, they have the county development plans in every county council around the country, mm. in, in all the Dublin councils and right around the country. Um, and yet, on board Planola will again and again 
go in defiance of the county development plan, mm. which is disrespecting of uh, local democracy anyway. But what does it mean if you've got people, locals, vested interests, the councils, everybody feeding into the county development plan? They all agree for the next five years, this is the way we would like to see our town or area develop. And then someone comes in, a developer comes in, puts a proposal to the council, the council turn it down, it goes to one board panola and the board panola says, fine, yeah, breach the county development plan. Yeah, I, I think that it gets to the heart of it, that phrase you used about it, an attack on local democracy, on any democracy is the heart of it. A county development plan is a contract between the people of a city or a county and uh, the future and that can't be breached. It tends to be breached currently because planning answers to a few different masters. So the uh, national planning framework sets housing targets for particular areas and they're not done with local consent. Uh, those targets then are things that the board have to have regard to, as the law says, when they're making their decision and they claim that that allows them to have an overview. And this of course leads to judicial review. The other thing, the other lost opportunity with uh, the new planning bill is that it has spent so much time trying to, uh, uh, to block off routes to judicial review. The judicial reviews are a symptom of deeper problems and very little has been done to address those. The quality of development plans, the fixity of the development plan, the primacy of the development plan, they're all things that should snuff out very early uh, the need for judicial yeah. reviews. I, I mean, I'll put it very simply that if, for example, in a particular street in Cork or Dublin or Galway, you're told this street is five-storey street. Mm -hmm. right. So that, that, that's the end of it. If you put in a seven-storey development, you're not going to get it. Just so therefore, story. nobody wastes their time. The developer, the developer's architects, the developer's engineers, the county council planners, nobody wastes their time. That's right. So all they do, you know, do it within the rules and you've got the green light, more or less. If it was good enough for the richest, most powerful people in Dublin who created Georgian, the, the miracle of Georgian Dublin, where incredibly powerful people stuck rigidly to the nearest inch, to the height, to the facade line, to the uh, standards of de decoration. Why can't we have the same types of standards today? Now, we always suspect that the politicians want to give themselves wriggle room. Now, they do have wriggle room, local politicians have it, in the formation of development plans. In other words, uh, you can say to someone, you want seven stories here. Well, you can't have it in this five-year period. But if you think it's appropriate, well, feed into the development plan and the next one, you'll get your wish. But another missed opportunity. The uh, bill is talking about having development plans be reviewed every 10 years. Exactly as you say, the five-year review allows people to catch up with reality, yeah. with increased expectations of density, with more people in there, with an unexpected need for new schools and things like that. That's the whole purpose of them, is to recognise the fact that life changes mm. all the time and five years is perfect. Now, one of the aspects of our current planning system is that uh, a developer puts in for a plan for a block or a complex or whatever, and then they'll go scream in blue murder that, that they can't get a connection from either the the grid for electricity mm. or from Irish water for sewage mm. or a water supply. Mm. Now, to my mind, <laughs> there's no way any planning authority, be it the council or on board Plan Ola, should ever give permission until there is a guarantee that those connections are there. Well, the, we have on board Planola to have oversight of local authorities. The issues that you raise about difficult or delayed connections to utilities is a national scandal. There are unaccountable people in sitting in desks the length and breadth of the country who are taking no responsibility for their blockage of, of projects going ahead. They have got to be accountable to somebody outside. And the idea of the planning system being beholden to those people is definitely yeah. a non-starter. But, but the planning system um, should take account of the fact that maybe Irish Water say, look, 
that uh, large main that we need to, to service a, a huge tranche of County mm. Dublin or Wicklow, mm. you know, with all the will in the world, with engineering and planning and all the rest of that's not going to be there until 2027. So please do not give her planning permission yeah. in 2023 when we can tell you that sewage treatment plant, it does, everything takes time. It won't be there until no. 2027, so please. Yeah, th- that, that's a separate issue. The planning system has become more sophisticated and while it's being formed, it's subject to very intense scrutiny to make sure exactly, as you say, that the pipe will be there on time, the sewage treatment plant will be updated. That's not the, the issue I'm complaining about, it's the connection, the slowness of connection. Oh, yeah. Back to where we used to be when with telephones. When they have, uh, the main is there, but they can't actually get connected. I had a developer weeping into his soup the other night telling me that uh, he had uh, eight houses that he couldn't use because a 1.5 metre connection to a pipe couldn't be done. Yeah. Now, Sorry, uh, the houses were built. The houses were built and he couldn't get the, the, the connection, which is a scandal, absolutely. Absolute scandal. Now, the, the, the question of, you know, with the, the rules-based system, mm. um, who should decide what the city, for example, be it Cork, Dublin, Galway, should look like. Do you know the way in yeah. someone has decided that uh, the Sandyford area can have high rise up to what, 13 to 14 stories mm. or that Kilmainham might be high rise or yeah. do you know what I mean? Who should properly make those decisions? There, there are two aspects to that. The first is that um, sometimes the city takes precedence over the individual. That's, that yeah. is, a, is a truth. That's a fact. Uh, so a road has to go through an area. Buildings have to be taller than were previously done. So what we need to do is to break those problems down to identify the potential conflicts, uh, the things that people don't like while the plan is being generated and then use that as an opportunity to give community gain to people. So you see it with things like wind farms all the time. Wind farms give community gain yeah. back to the local area. It is conceivable that if somebody is going to overshadow, say, a bunch of small residential terraced houses, uh, that there needs to be a compensatory mechanism in place before somebody has to resort or tries to resort to blackmail and that everybody puts it out in the open. They admit that this higher density, these taller buildings are going to cause uh, local disturbances. Admit it at the beginning and then examine yeah. ways well, to What happens in reality is that uh, developers with these plans will produce all sorts of graphics, expensive graphics, showing that uh, they have the 4% light mm. between... March and mm. September, mm. Uh, they may be in darkness mm. <laughs> from November through January. Yeah. Uh, but but you know you can blind yeah. local communities you with can. science. And, and the the when I used to teach, just to just to remind everybody I, that I I don't teach anymore. I'm retired from that. But that what I used to teach students is that feelings are facts. Right. So the facts yeah. of light and overshadowing are one thing, but the feeling of a community of being bullied is just as real and has got to be accommodated. Now, uh, going back to judicial review and Mm. why people uh, take them and more and more frequently win them against the board Mm. um, because they are grounded in what the judge sees as uh, some sort of uh, rights-based thing for the community not to to have certain things built in in their area. Um, Again, the rules-based system would mean that no waste of time by onboard Planola. Um, the planners themselves would be freed up to deal with serious uh, infrastructural things like windmills, wind farms and, mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. Uh, what is the reluctance to go there? I mean, is it that they always like to have the courts getting involved? And then you get uh, aberrant um, decisions by judges. One judge will say the county development plan is sacrosanct. Another will say, ah, sure. Yeah, there, there, there's a few um 
problems in that stew of problems that you've described. The first is a breakdown of what used to be called curial deference. Curial deference used to mean that judges stuck to law and planners and board panala stuck to planning and environmental yeah. matters. Um, increasingly, one of the unintended consequences of the Aarhus Directive is that there are now uh, possibilities for judges to make decisions about matters of substance. And the matters of substance might be the significance of a bird or the acceptability of a certain level of risk for which the judge has no competence. Yeah. And we are increasingly seeing decisions based on issues that were not pleaded in front of the judge, where the judge is making decisions based on their ideas. Yeah poorly formed about the environment. Yeah. A, a lot of the time, I mean, you, you have environmental impact studies and, mm-hmm. and so on, and there'll be experts on both sides, uh, you know, arguing the opposite toss, even though they're both mm-hmm. supposed to be expert mm-hmm. in the same field, which yeah. is always I- intriguing. Um, but again, the rules-based system, for example, you've got uh, rules for roads and carriageways. It's called D-Moors. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that should be sacrosanct. Yes. I mean, the uh, I'm... My companies are the authors of the National Guidelines on EIA. So I've watched it for years. And the idea of EIA is meant to reduce the area of argument. So to have as many facts agreed beforehand. There will always be some negotiation about how to interpret something, but we're trying to do is minimise it. That's the first thing. Second thing is to remember that it's not just the projects, but it's the entire plan at a national level through to regional, to county, to local area plans. They have to be subject now to SEA. So the Strategic Environmental Assessment also examines those things. There should be no late-breaking surprise about the sensitivity of the ecology, the archaeology on a site. It should have been dealt with at a plan-making stage. Yeah. Uh, often you see things like uh, the, the geese who come here every year and so on, um, and there'll be an argument saying, the, well, where will the geese go? And mm. the argument from the developer, will, sure, sure, birds can fly, they find somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, so all of this should be much clearer. It should be clear. One of the problems we have is that many of the rule-breakers are also beginning to become advocates. So I'd be very careful how I say this, but for instance, it's uh, noticeable that in Ireland, many protected species that are listed in Ireland as being a protected species, when you look to the IUCN, the International Union for the Conservation of Nature, the same species is listed as being of least concern. So there's got to be something going on where the people who are making those rules in Ireland are not accountable to external validation to make sure that what they believe and love as being yeah. sensitive uh, is in agreement with the, the rest of the Then, of course, world. we have our own situation where native bird species, because of the destruction of hedgerows, uh, which may or may not be due to development, it could be due to agriculture as well, uh, are genuinely in danger of uh, extinction. So Again, there's an awful lot of emotion, Pat, where we use the word extinction for changes in numbers. I mean, the reality is we carry out in Ireland uh, a survey of, of farmland birds, and we've been doing it for years and years and years, and there's no particular trend one way or the other. There are individual species species and there's always waxing and waning in those. So birds that I love like mm. swifts, we've less of birds that I never knew as a kid, like white egrets, they're increasing and one is decreasing. Uh, and seagulls, which and are then seagulls as well. Um, <laughs> local democracy doesn't want any new developments. Can people be allowed, therefore, to freeze an area in time? That's one text. Planning for decent sized homes in however many stories is urgent mm. and taking away all parking should not be allowed. No more dog boxes should be accepted. 
Now, small accommodation in certain situations is grand, you yeah. know, student accommodation. They're only there for yeah. a few short years. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. Okay. But that's a blizzard of questions. So just going back to the, the just trying to take them in sequence. Local democracy. Local, you know, yeah, local, local people don't want change. Yeah. Local democracy and, and nimbyism, not in my backyard, is what has destroyed cities like uh, Portland in the United States and San Francisco. So we've got to find mechanisms to allow people to uh, be, join the development process but be aware of the fact they've got obligations to the outside world. Yeah. That's the first one. So there is an issue there of NIMBYism and it has got to be dealt with and it has got to be dealt with imaginatively and proactively. That's the first thing. Smaller sized units that you're describing there, there will always be a need for them and it is very easy for people to cherry pick a particular development and say, look how small that is. Like we did ourselves a huge shooting in the foot by, for instance, getting rid of bed sits, things like that. They served a need. There will yeah. always be a need for small places, exactly what you say, for transient populations and groups of people but who there are... there virtually no apartments for families. None, exactly. And all these talks about, uh, about bringing the city centre back to life overlook the fact that if I'm in a city like Manhattan or if I'm in a city like Paris, I can buy uh, an apartment for five or seven people that has a glorious central yeah. corridor down the middle. They're not cheap, but that's what brings cities back yeah. to life. Having the full and if I'm spectrum. in Manhattan, I will find um, that I'll be meeting my neighbours down in the laundry room. Well, exactly. You know, and the, and, 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 and services that, are there. And the same unit will have everything from the five bedroom unit all the way down to the studio places, all in one building, all mixing. Uh, I agree with higher densities, but I would be fearful of creating new Ballymuns. That's from Vernon. And isn't this the some of the issues? We have these rules about the amount of green space or a recreational space that an apartment complex must have. Mm. And they count the balcony as part I of know, that. I, I mean, it's disgusting. We need comprehensive planning about things like open space. Dublin City has added almost no new parks during its amazing recent 20 years of growth. So we've got to have more of those and they've got to be meaningful parks and not little green fig leaves. So that, that is a very important thing. Yeah, we had a text the other day from someone who said that the, the developer in the planning uh, included a roundabout the green, the grass on the roundabout as part of the green space. I think that one of the issues is there is, has to be a responsibility back on things like park departments to become more proactive developers and to arrive with a vision uh, that says, look, we want to have a thread of green areas through here. And when you're doing a piece of planning, uh, you have to work around that. Finally, Connor, th- this huge bit of legislation and it's wrong headed in your view. So missed opportunities. Is lots it too, lots of too late to do anything about it? It's just trying to make a, an existing situation. Uh, it will end up making an existing situation worse by creating more rules and ending up with more centralisation yeah. and it's done nothing Instead of just the basic rules, follow these and you've got your planning. There will always be a mix of the two. There will always be need for some complex parts but we're not doing anything to simplify it. Good managers always make their staff's life easier not harder. Conor Skeen, Sunday Independent columnist and much more. Thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.